you. Boom! All night long. Yes. It's freaking go! What a press conference from Ryan Kelly as LSU gets the big W over Auburn this weekend. Obviously, Brian Kelly very praiseful of Army coming in and obviously keeping the team's focus for this game coming up against uh, some pretty honorable men. So it should be a lot of fun leading into the week. But the big story for me is the injury report as it normally is. We knew Emory Jones going into this was banged up. Brian Kelly said Emory Jones is manageable. The injury situation there isn't too serious, which is obviously a very good thing, especially considering this was an ankle and there was another big-time college football player, probably the best player in college football in Brock Bowers, who does have a very serious ankle injury and will be out for at least a month or so, probably out for the season. So LSU, one of the most important things you can have on a potential championship run is injury luck. So Emory Jones, obviously one of the 10 best players on this team, not serious, but there is another top 10 player on this team in Makai Wingo, who is also listed as doubtful for this weekend versus Army. Now, Brian Kelly said that this lower body injury is something that Makai Wingo had been playing with in recent weeks. Um, but he also said that they are just looking to get him some rest. Now, he's worn the number 18 uniform. Obviously, the production hasn't been quite the same as it was last year, but I still think he's playing fine. It does make a little bit more sense, though, that he has been banged up. And it also, once again, stresses the importance of depth. Last year, we did not have much depth behind Makai Wingo and, of course, Jaqueline Roy, especially after Mason Smith got hurt. And Makai Wingo probably set some records when it comes to snap percentage from an LSU defensive tackle because, look, historically, LSU's always had depth up front. So Makai Wingo um, has been nursing a lower body injury for weeks now, and now he is going to get some rest, and this is going to give Jordan Jefferson and Paris Shand and those guys a little bit more playing time, even though Shand and Wingo don't quite play the same position. Those guys are going to get their opportunity. Jacoby and Guillory is going to get their opportunity. So two pretty big trench situations. And Brian Kelly also said that Chris Hilton is probable. So we get to some of your comments. We say hi to AP. We say hi to Joseph. We say hi to Crying Belly. So there you go. Now, we're going to run through some important notes, okay? Um, like we brought up on the film study, I it, it, I had one of you reach out saying that I was making excuses for Jaden Daniels. Well, right off the jump here, Brian Kelly clarified that on the interception that Jaden Daniels threw, we did not run the correct route concepts. One of our players were blocking, and that was Aaron Anderson. So we brought that up in a film study. If you want to see it broken down, um, I'll link the film study down below. And one thing Brian Kelly said repeatedly um, at the front of this press conference is to not take this LSU offense for granted. Okay, so... Um, that was a big thing that I kept saying over and over. He also said with the LSU offense that defenses are starting to switch up how they guard LSU. He says that they are starting to see more quarters, which is, in my estimation, a more conservative defense. There's plenty of different ways you can play quarters coverage. He also said um, defenses, of course, are starting to uh, double in some situations. And obviously, LSU is, of course, cooked in that situation and in particular Kyron Lacey has been the beneficiary of that um 
if I am not mistaken, I'm a little shocked that there weren't any questions uh, about Kyron Lacey with the game that he had this past weekend. Something else that Brian Kelly mentioned, um, and this goes along with the Kyron Lacey thing, that with the quarters and with the doubles on Malik and BTJ, uh, Jaden Daniels has been progressing through more of his reads. He's going through the full progression. Now, in order for LSU to have Jaden Daniels do those things, you have to have good time in the pocket. So give the LSU offensive line a lot of credit for Jaden Daniels being able to go through those progressions. Uh, Brian Kelly also said that he is very perturbed with the disconcerting signal penalties, which is, of course, the LSU defense clapping in the secondary, um, which in turn draws a penalty because of the new rule that you can't clap on defense. Yes, just a simple, you can't clap because um, the offense could take that as you trying to manipulate the snap count. Obviously, if you're doing that in the secondary, that is not what you're trying to do. You're trying to get the attention of the other defenders. Of course, two weeks ago, um, versus Missouri, say Dryan committed that penalty. And of course, this past week, um, Andre Sam committed this penalty. And Brian Kelly is not happy about that. But he said they're working on communicating uh, in better ways uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, he also shared a very interesting story about Grand Valley State. So um, a very interesting nugget from, I think, Scott Rabelais, who said, Hey, did you know you're coming up on your 300th win as a head coach? Brian Kelly says he remembers his first game at Grand Valley State and the athletic director yelling, who the hell is this guy or who the hell hired this guy? So a uh, very interesting, hilarious story from BK. And to me, the the last important note is there is no update on Deuce Chestnut. I would have loved to follow up here saying, well, what did Deuce Chestnut do? Why why, why is he out? This is a very mysterious situation here. Um, I've heard different stories about what happened. I'm not a rumor guy. It's just not what I do. But at this point, we do know this. It is not injury-related. Um, LSU could use every DB back. Even Deuce Chestnut, who has been a Power 5 starter at Syracuse. So obviously, I think LSU fans would like to have him back. When he has played, he has not been good. Uh, but really, which corner has been good, maybe outside of Zay Alexander this last game versus Auburn? So I would like to have Deuce Chestnut back. You guys let me know in the chat if you would like Deuce Chestnut back. Okay. So uh, there you go. Let's get to as many questions as we possibly can today. Let's go to Crime Belly. Need Ole Miss to lose so LSU can go beat Georgia while they are hurt. It's starting to all fall in place. So, yeah, obviously, if you are LSU, you do need Ole Miss to lose, okay? Um, this is where, if you are LSU, you you need Texas A&M to get their act together. You need Georgia to hopefully get it done versus Ole Miss. You would like to think that they would, considering that game is in Georgia uh, this year. So the, the the truth is this, right? We are in a position where LSU does not control their own destiny, but in theory, they do. Because I have a tough time believing that Ole Miss is not going to trip up somewhere, right? I think they are a very good team. I do think it's plausible that they went out the rest of their schedule. I do. Georgia is not some unbeatable foe. We saw this very mid-Auburn team uh, really take Georgia to task. So, you know, I, I, I got to be real here. I, I think at this point, Ole Miss could win out, but it's highly unlikely. You need Ole Miss to lose to somebody. You do. In the SEC. So, we'll see. Um but yeah, I, I I do think I do think at this point, uh, like like we've mentioned, and we've been mentioning this for weeks now, Ole Miss will lose to Georgia, and if that is to happen, if LSU wins out the rest of their schedule, they are golden. Now, I do want to bring one thing up. 
Florida is playing better. Okay, so that obviously is something to keep an eye out for. We saw a few weeks ago, and I said this at the time, and I'll say it again now. Florida is in a pretty good spot. They are 5-2 and two with one of the more difficult schedules in the SEC. Their two losses were both on the road. I told you at the time the Kentucky loss was very flawed. Kentucky had not played anybody up to that point. They're well-rested. Florida had played a difficult schedule, and they got punched in the mouth. And now Florida, um, they they get a good road win versus South Carolina. They, they look to be a better team. Um, and I know this might get some pushback here, but I think Texas A&M is a good example of a team that has been really poorly coached. So if you are LSU at this point, Texas A&M is not a certain victory for me, even though Jimbo has been so bad on the road. They're still very talented, and they would love anything. There's nothing they would love more than spoiling our season for the second consecutive year, even though last year it did not cost us the West. This year losing to them will cost us the West because I I think at this point it's going to be hard to see Alabama lose more than one SEC game. Arkansas had a chance, and they choked. So the truth is um, if your LSU went out, you're probably getting in. Uh, This is not a case like last year where you can have multiple SEC losses and have the West in hand before the final week of the season. So uh, there you go. Now, uh, back to the Brian Kelly press conference. I've touched on pretty much everything uh, that I wanted to touch on from what he had to say. The first thing, though, um, is he did say in the past he has had Heisman Trophy um, guys in contention. And Obviously, he has had a Heisman finalist before in Manti Teo uh, all the way back in yesteryear. I will say this. He did say that Jaden Daniels, what he has told him is to just stay focused on the day-to-day. Honestly, if anyone knows anything about Jaden Daniels, you know that this has not gotten to his head. There is rarely really any example that you can point to where Jaden Daniels has shown hubris, where Jaden Daniels has shown um, an unwavering cockiness that he's above anybody else. He is a very blue-collar, chippy, tough guy. That's just his mentality. He's a no-excuse guy. He didn't want people to know that the team had the flu after the Arkansas game or anything like that. He is just a no-excuse, I got to go out there, do my job kind of guy. And that's the kind of guy you want to have at quarterback, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think at this point, I would not be an LSU fan and 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 lie to you. I truly do say this. I don't think the Heisman hype are going uh, is going to get into Jane Daniel said. I just don't see it. I just don't. Um, Brian says Florida struggled to beat a not so good South Carolina team. Okay, so South Carolina, who lost to Notre Dame, uh, under undefeated North Carolina, okay, in the first game of the season, by the way. Uh, South Carolina, who lost to Georgia on the road, and South Carolina, who lost a thriller in which they put up 37 points, and they had a fourth and 11 to win the game. Their defensive coordinator sucks. I have no idea why Shane Beamer brought him back. He has been consistently bad at South Carolina. And he had lost his defensive line coach to us. Um, I I don't get why they kept him. That has been what's held them back. They're still a good football team. So the fact that Florida went on the road and beat them is impressive. It's impressive. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I I don't think South Carolina is some slouch. Uh, But the, the truth is Florida is a good team with explosive playmakers and a lot of Louisiana flavor on there. So they're going to be fired up to play us in Tiger Stadium, but I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about taking care of Army. Okay, so let's go to LA Mom. If Ole Miss wins all their SEC West games but loses to Georgia, 
Wouldn't that put them ahead of us as far as the SEC West goes? Would Ole Miss get to go to Atlanta and play Georgia again? No, LA Mom, because the week before Ole Miss beat us, they lost to Alabama. So if Ole Miss loses to Georgia, that gives them two conference losses, and we would only have one if we beat Alabama. So truth be told, if that were to happen, okay, once again, I'm not one to lie to any of you, okay? If that were to happen, LSU would have caught an absolutely massive lucky break uh, because Ole Miss with the schedule format, which is gone after this season. So thank goodness it's leaving. Um, Ole Miss had a 1-12 shot to play Georgia at Georgia this year. 1-12 shot. A 1-6 chance to play Georgia on the schedule. Now, I could explain why, how all of that works. I do think it's a little bit of a waste of time because the schedule is changing. But th- this actually goes back to the Les Miles year uh, years. One thing Les Miles pounded the table for was changing the schedule. And you can hate Les Miles as, all you, as much as you want. You can hate Joe Oliva as much as you want. Those two were right about that, right? The SEC schedule being inequitable. So Ole Miss for so long had been catching a massive break with their cross-division rivals. So I don't feel much sympathy, uh, the fact that they got to play Vanderbilt every year and only one other team in the SEC West get that, gets to have that opportunity. It's an automatic win, right? Um, the truth, though, is there was a 1-12 shot that Ole Miss gets Georgia at Samford on their schedule. And it's lucky enough this year with how things have, have worked itself out that that is the case for us. So, uh, so yeah, we're sitting we're sitting pretty good right now, all things considered, with a historically bad defense that's playing better and an absolutely unreal offense. We're lucky to be in this spot, but it's better to be lucky than good. The great Alan Gray said that, soccer commentator. Um, so there you go. Now, I get this from Michael B. He says, we are not beating Bama, just saying unless the defense shows up. Um, a strong disagreement here. Um, you know, I, I don't – and I'm not saying we will beat Bama, but I just don't think it has anything to do with um, – our defense just being absolutely awful. If you watch the Alabama offense, they are very flawed. Their receiver play has gotten better, but it's still not great. I don't think that they have a Malik on their offense. Their tight end play has gotten better. 84 is a good player for them, but their offensive line is still a mess. Okay. Now, this is going to sound like sour grapes for me. It's not. It's just what happened this past weekend. Uh, Landon Jackson had the best game of any SEC defensive end up to this point in the season. He tore Alabama to pieces, tore them apart. Yeah, that same Landon Jackson that left LSU and really didn't do anything here. He tore them apart. He was that great. Um, now, Landon Jackson's not that good of a player. I mean, he's good. He, he'd play a lot for us right now, but he's not Tom Holly. And he, he's not Nick Bosa. Uh, and he just went off. Alabama has major pass protection issues. They have major drop issues on offense. And I just don't trust Tommy Reese in this spot. I, I don't. But obviously we have a lot of time before that. I, 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 I think we match up well. But, you know, I'll drop something on Patreon here, uh, you know, pretty soon. You know, we do this every week on Patreon. I share some things that – um that I, I would like to see changed. I do think obviously defensively, there's still some room for improvement. I think offensively uh, there, there's still some room for improvement. Okay. Um, so there you go. Let's go to Titus. What's up, Titus. We will win out and JD five will be the Heiser trophy winner. Uh, and Titus said, you heard it here first. So, yeah, I mean, right now, I, I would have Alabama favored. I would, but it, it's it's not a for certain thing, if you ask me. 
that they are going to beat us or, or vice versa. Uh, and I think there are some ways our defense, uh, uh, there, there are some ways our defense can get in there and make some plays. So Dante, good to see you. Now, here we go. What are we giving out today? Let's go big. Give out DJ Chark Pink Refractor. This card is beautiful. I pulled this one out. I love these. So, we'll give this out. First $20 Super Chat gets this from me. Okay? Now, if we get to a hundo, we'll give out an autograph. How about that? Let's go to CK. What's up? I mean, look. Uh, you know, KJ Jefferson had a really good game versus him. I know the stats don't show it, but he 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 made some big plays. And at this point, I wouldn't have said this before the season. Jaden is is way better than KJ. Uh, just it's. I understand the supporting cast couldn't be more different. Uh, but uh, Arkansas with a bad offensive line, bad wide receiver core, their best running backs out, their best tight ends out, their offensive coordinator hire looks like a disaster, uh, and their their coach is just kind of sitting there. They've only lost by three in Tuscaloosa. So there you go. Oh, Michael B wants to know which auto. Let's see. I don't know. I didn't get one out today. I said I was gonna just do a twenty dollar one for the DJ chart. Let's see which auto do we want to get out here. All right. There we go. Since we're talking about Alabama so much, let's give out a Zach Mettenberger auto. Let's do that. Zach Mettenberger. Did you know he is on Alabama's coaching staff? I probably shouldn't have said that because now you're going to be like, I don't want it. There you go. Get to a hundo. We'll give out that Zach Mettenberger on-card autograph, rookie card, refractor. I love this card. Um, so there we go. Now, um, for those that are just joining us, we will uh, run through pretty much everything you need to know uh, from the Brian Kelly press conference. Okay. Um, let's see here. Fred, I think Bama's running backs are good. I don't think they have a Najee Harris back there, though. Right? I mean, Jameer Gibbs was so big versus us uh, last year. So once again, we'll run through everything you need to know. We've already touched on pretty much everything here. Um, no douche chestnut uh, for BK. Um, update, I think it's ridiculous that LSU has a safety or corner clapping in the background doing the disconcerting penalties. Um, once again, the big story is Emory Jones with the ankle sprain. He says it's manageable. So I would guess Emory Jones sits out this week and will be back for Alabama. Um, same thing with Makai Wingo, but them being doubtful versus Army. Uh, Wingo's probably just more of a rest thing, as we mentioned a little bit earlier. Okay. Um, so no really big injury news. Um, you know, they brought up. I will say I didn't mention this earlier. I did not mention this earlier that Brian Kelly did compare uh, the LSU offense to the 2019 LSU offense. Um, he says, do not take this offense for granted that it's pretty remarkable stuff. And like we said earlier um, here, 
about Jaden Daniels uh, on the route concepts. Uh, we brought this up in the film study if you want to see it for yourself. I don't think fully the interception is on him. It's it's a good chunk on him, but when you're sitting back in the pocket and a receiver is blocking instead of running around, it is uh, confusing, right? Um, so there you go. Now, let's see. Uh, let's see what else. Oh. One thing I want to mention, and this isn't as much like Brian Kelly press conference related, but it's more so just a a, a general point. This LSU team is doing such a great job of breaking tackles. Every single key member of this offense has been really good at breaking tackles. I cannot say the same about last year's offense. Honestly, you can't really say the same about pretty much any offense. You know, the it, it's such a difference maker. Now, it all coincides, right? This year, Jaden is doing a better job of leading our receivers. We're also doing a better job running route concepts that allow our players to run either horizontally at full speed, 45-degree angle at full speed, or just vertically full speed. Okay, it's not as many comebacks and 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 that kind of stuff. We're playing, you know, more within the timing of the offense. Something else that helps out broken tackles is good blocking. When you have good pass protection, it gives the quarterback a cleaner pocket to lead receivers. If you have good run blocking, well, it's self-explanatory. I think I would venture off to say, I'd go check, I'm gonna go check this afterwards. Our rush yard before contact numbers must be pretty good this year. Um, so all those things help. But every single key person that gets touches breaks a lot of tackles, okay? Um, Mason Taylor uh, did a good job making one of Auburn's best players miss at the end of the game and almost scoring. Malik Neighbors is the master at that. Brian Thomas Jr. never goes down easy. Kyron Lacey's deep touchdown or deep completion um, was uh, had four broken tackles in there. Uh, Logan Diggs pushes the pile forward. He never goes down easy. He's breaking a lot of tackles or at least falling forward when he's getting the carries. Um, it, it's just really good to see that. Where last year, there were missed opportunities um, to gain some extra yards. So really good stuff with, you know, the strength and conditioning program and obviously just our ball carriers making more plays when they get the football in their hands. And then the one of the masters at tackle breaking is Jaden, right? It might not necessarily be a broken tackle. It's just a missed tackle because you can't get an angle on them. Um, so there you go. Why is Clayton not getting a chance at wide receiver? Uh, I'm all for open takes. That one is probably one of the more bizarre ones I've ever seen, Mac Daddy Donk. And you just won a card here, and you're you're giving out that take? Yeah, why isn't Gregory Clayton playing more wide receiver? And I like Greg. He's, he's stepping in, doing a key role for us. Um, he needs to focus on just catching the punt, right? Um We've not done the best job fielding punts lately. Uh, but, yeah, you know, th- there's no reason for any other wide receiver to play right now uh, at this point. The The gap between Kyron Lacey and everybody else is uh, is pretty wide right now. And it's not just catching or dropping. It's blocking. His, um, his blocking has is, 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 is been huge for us. Missouri blocking game was so freaking good. And then this last week, he had another good game blocking. And when you block well, good karma comes around and you start getting actual targets. So uh, there you go. Uh, there is no reason for any other wide receiver to really play uh, in, in key moments outside of those three. And, um, and yeah, obviously you need some rotation and give them, you know, rest, break if they get injured or whatever. But you want your rotation to be tight 
you want your wide receiver rotation. Uh, you know, I felt like after 2019 LSU, we were rotating seven, eight, nine deep. I remember the UCLA game. Um, that the rotation was absurd, absolutely absurd. We got our guys, and and let's focus in on those guys, and let's see who can emerge this next week versus Auburn. I say Auburn versus Army. Now, Brian Kelly did talk about Army. Um, I I've not watched him, you know, a whole lot up to this point. I will say this about Army. Okay, they do not run the triple option anymore. They do some triple option things, but because of new rules when it comes to cut blocking, you can't, you know, you don't really see it all that much. Uh, so, yeah, I I, th- I think offensively you can make a case that they do some things better than Auburn does, uh, even though they're not a power five team. So there you go. Uh, I saw a, a bad take in here on Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could let that one go, Brambo. I, I don't think that's a good take. I, I think our running backs are good, but I don't know about that take. Uh. A little yes, yeah, so you want to talk about the 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 John Emery catch? Yeah, so John obviously uh, they asked about John Emery in, in in the Brian Kelly press conference. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh Jacques asked about it, and he Brian Kelly said, Look, John Emery had a good game versus Auburn last year. He provides LSU some explosiveness. Um I think John had a had a good game. I, I, I did. Um, and he is one of our best receivers out of the backfield. But on that play, yes, that was the very first play of the game uh, versus very first play of the season to uh, Trey Bradford, who's not really been seen uh, since the first game. Um, so uh, there you go. It is a very good play design. You know, you're flooding the right side of the field and then you're leaking the running back and tight end to the left. So you have two options to throw that football to to the left. One of those is going to be open. You want to hit the running back there, not the tight end. So versus Florida State, both were open. Versus Arkansas, so we did, a, you know, a preview uh, before the Arkansas game and I pleaded for Mike Dimbrock to run that that play design versus Arkansas because their defense is a very aggressive fly to the football defense. And they ran it versus Arkansas in the third quarter. They actually covered John Emery, but they left Mason Taylor wide open. And Jaden just missed a wide open Mason Taylor. He just he just short armed it. And that could have been at least a 20 yard gain in the red zone or in the extended red zone. And then we brought it back versus Auburn. It was a second and 11. And uh, it's just a really good play design by Mike. It really is. It's not the typical kinds of things that we do. We're not really a leak kind of offense. It's more of what Lane and those guys do. But I love leak plays. I do. It's what Kansas does offensively uh, so well. So I love it. I I love seeing that kinds of uh, things because it's an easy completion and it's generated three positive plays for us up to this point. So uh, there you go. Oh, I know you're a big Caden Durham guy uh, coming in from Texas. I, I you're you're now. I, I think you're in Dallas. What's up, Tyler? Good to see you. Yeah, I for me, I think Caden Durham is 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 underrated. I do, obviously. You know, I, I like bigger running backs. You know, it's part of the reason why, like Caleb Jackson, I was just all in. I, I saw the north of 21 miles per hour. I saw that he was 210. I was like, there's just no way this guy is not going to be good. And, um, and yeah, so Caleb Jackson on my ranking, I had the number three player coming in. 
think most recruiting services had him seven or eight. He, he was so special. You know, just watching him in high school, his athleticism, all those things. Um, the only big knock was he was injured his senior year of high school. But, guy, he is so good. Caden Durham has a lot of similar qualities. He's just not as big. But I think weight can be added. Um, Caden Durham is probably the fastest LSU running back we've ever brought in. It's either him or Fournette. It's one of those two guys or Caleb Jackson. But yeah, Caden Durham is, is a really good football player. And it's going to be crazy considering him and DeCorian Moore are going to be teammates uh, at LSU. So really excited about Caden. Re- really, really excited. Um, he is, um, he, he's got special speed. He's got special, special speed. Um, that was such a big lane for us. Because now that that running back is locked in and we're able to focus in on the running backs for 2025 that are going to be very good. So, yeah, the running back room for LSU looks really good. It's going to be the Caleb Jackson show next year. And I think Caden Durham gets touches next year. I really do think he's good. And we'll see what Trey Holly can do. Um, but, yes, Durham, as you can see, I'm not a big recruiting guy during the season. I get really excited thinking about him. Um, No, 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 no. TLV, we go live every Monday after the Brian Kelly press conference. So, there you go. So, yeah, I think next year for for Durham, he'll be the kickoff returner, and then we'll we'll slowly, you know, integrate Caleb as our RB1. Blacko T, good to see you. Yeah, I guess, I mean, if you consider Trenton Holiday a running back, which he was, he was more of a running back than a receiver at LSU, then, yeah, he is the fastest. But, you know, I don't really think any one of us looked at Trenton Holiday and said he was a running back. He was just trending. You know, he's one of one. There's not really anyone that's that's come to LSU or played in the SEC that's even close to resembling him. Like a five, seven, one hundred sixty pound speed demon. I mean, we'll probably never see that again. I think at some point we'll see something like that. But what I will tell you is, uh, LSU is kind of turning themselves, skill position wise, into the Miami Dolphins. You you take a look at some of the guys that they're recruiting. They're not the biggest guys, but they but. They, they are all fast. They all have really, really, really top-end speed. Now, that concerns me some. Uh, but, man, they Jelani Watkins, those guys, Turner, they, they can fly. They can flat-out fly. Uh, no, Tyler, I think Logan is good uh, to go next year. I think at this point, I don't. If you're running back, the, the question you got to ask yourself isn't, am I good enough to play in the, the NFL? Because you have to know that your NFL life expectancy is just lower. It's, is there anything else I can prove up to this point? So, there you go. Now, I've seen a few other recruiting questions in here. Um, CJ Jackson committing is, is really good for, for LSU to get another edge rusher in, uh, this crop because you've seen this year, uh, we've had some issues generating pressure. Now, Swinson's had his moments. Ovi Agufu had by far his best game at LSU this weekend. We actually got very exotic with him. I like the packages where we put him straight head up over the center. He dominated there. I mean, he was Big for us there, um, but we need we need we need pressures. We we need more guys that can get off the edge, and and play the jack in the run game as well. Obviously, Perk is going to be Perk, but we know that that's not going to be his role. So, CJ Jackson, come on down. Collage Cobbins, come on down. Those guys are going to get opportunities to play. 
the thing the, here's a good thing about rushing the passer. If you can get home, you will play right away. You will play right away if you can get home. Um, that is probably one of the five most valuable skill sets you can have on a roster. Uh, look at who gets the, the the big paydays in the NFL. The quarterbacks and the edge guys and the guys who protect the edge guys. So, yeah, you know, really good day getting C.J. Jackson committed. And then, of course, it was a big recruiting weekend for the 2025s as well. Um, Bryce Underwood on campus, Harlan Berry on campus, getting the commitment uh, out of the 2025 wide receiver. Truth be told, uh, I know he went out of Ed in a car. I've, I've not watched him at all, so I don't really want to comment either either or. Um, but obviously, I was pretty good. 2025 class is looking pretty good for LSU. I think it's a top five class up to this point. Still very early. Still very early. But if for some reason you can land Underwood, you have the chance to have the number one recruiting class for 2025. It's going to be hard to beat Georgia. They've got a ton of five stars already committed for 2025. But uh, the, the, the LSU is in the right direction. They they, they really are. Um, and LSU's 2024 recruiting is firmly a top 10 class, uh, which is good. Now, of course – you would like to see more of the top end guys, you know, be committed uh, to LSU at this point, but you, you feel pretty good about where you are. All things considered, you feel pretty good about where you are. And, uh, and I will also say this, it does make life a little bit easier on your 2024s when your 2022s and your 2023s have been great. There's just no other way around it. The 2022 class it has been elite. You brought in 15 high schoolers. Four of them are already big-time LSU football players. Four. And that was before the season even began. On average, and think about this with high school recruiting classes. On average, there are... Roughly three superstars in every LSU recruiting class coming out of high school, not including transfers. So I'm, I'm not including Jaden in that, the truth be told. The fact that you got four and you only had 15 is ridiculous. Okay, so take a look at this next crop. We've already seen with Weeks looks to be pretty good. Caleb Jackson looks to be pretty good. Lance Hurt looks to be pretty good. So you got three right there. Now, who else is going to come to the fray? Now, if we want to get really philosophical about recruiting, I know what a lot of you are going to say. Well, Carteret's great. But where are the mother effing DBs? Good question. Good question. Um, hopefully, some of these high school DBs, Stamps has been banged up. Hopefully, you can get to that level. Jeremiah Hughes, maybe that's something uh, down the road. Little too early to say anything about the DBs in this uh in this latest crop. But yeah, high school recruiting is has been for the most part good. We just need to hit more and obviously get more top one twenty-five guys. So there you go. So uh really, really, really uh good weekend. Yeah, Amory Jones, not too serious. I expect him to be back in, in – I, I doubt he plays versus Army. So I do think he'll be back for Alabama. I do. Okay? Now, here's a good question from LD88. How long do does LSU leave their starters in versus Army? Very good question. Uh, I, I, obviously, if it's a competitive game, you got to play him the whole way. What do we know about Brian Kelly, though? Up to this point, we have not had a competitive game versus a non-Power 5 school. And that, I honestly throw Purdue in there because they just, that was not a Power 5 team. Um, we, We've just not had a competitive game yet. Like, not, yeah, I mean, it was known 
by the end of the first quarter, the game was was not going to be competitive. Okay. Um, now, obviously, Grambling, you know, made that interesting early, but it was clear LSU's offense wasn't going to be stopped. So, um, you know, once again, you can't go into this game thinking that, that that's going to be the case. Right. Monkin's a good coach at Army. This It's not out of the realm of possibility that they make this competitive. Army's played in some interesting games this season. I would like to see um, Garrett Nussmeyer a little bit earlier. I do think in the Auburn game, um, we could have given Jaden a, a curtain call, if you will, and then and then get you know Nuss in there. Uh, you know, I brought that up in the film today. I didn't think you know running the split zone to the left and Jaden getting a shot on his knee with uh, four minutes left in a forty-one to eighteen game was 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 the best. But, you know, uh, I think at this point, uh, I, we all want to see Garrett Nussmeyer so we can make sure we keep Jaden healthy um, moving forward. I, I, I truly do believe this, though. One thing that has been brought up uh, in, the, in the Discord in particular, but just in general about, you know, Garrett Nussmeyer is you, you're worried about the LSU offense next year uh, with not having Jaden's running ability. The, the the truth is simple here. The first thing is there's just not many Jaden Daniels walking around out there that have his level of running. Um, I would say there's two other SEC quarterbacks, one we played this past weekend in Ashford, uh, that has Jaden Speed and Jalen Milrow of Alabama. That's it. Now, there are other quarterbacks in the SEC who can run. Brady Cook can run. KJ Jefferson is a really good runner. But no one has Jaden Speed. So we're, we're losing that regardless. But LSU's offensive line has been elite this year. It has been elite. They are right now probably the best SEC offensive line. It's either between them and, and Georgia at this point. Um. So... Yeah, I I'm very excited about the 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 future of Garrett Nussmeyer. Hopefully, get to see him uh, by the third quarter versus Army. We'll see. We'll see. Now, here's what you're gonna do. All right, Brian. We'll see you. Billy, good to see you. Uh, now, you're going to do in the next five to ten minutes. I'm going to answer as many questions as we possibly can. But if you do super chat, we'll keep this party moving. Now, one thing that'll make me very excited: the weather is getting cooler. It is getting cooler. Okay. Go to powerhourlsu.com slash shop. Get your hoodies in. Okay, don't forget. PHL hoodies right here. PHL long sleeve shirts right here. That'll make my day. Powerhourlsu.com slash shop. I've got to pay the web bill coming up. PowerLSU.com. Yeah, Richard, I don't know. I mean, I would guess. Hmm. I've honestly not looked. Um, I, I, I would guess LSU by 27 and a half. I, I, would, I would guess it'd be somewhere around there. Probably a little bit. I don't know. Let me see. Was that close? Oh, look at that. Uh, I was kind of close. 30 and a half. It opened at 28 and a half. Look at that. That was, that was pretty good. It opened at 28 and a half. And uh, it's up to 30 and a half. 
Richard, how, you knew the answer, but you you, you asked me, huh, huh, huh? So I, I was almost there. I was almost there. I will say, I have gotten cold. I have gotten cold. I was hot, but then I got cold. Oh, 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 chilly. It is amazing how you think. Uh, it's amazing how you you think you you got something, but you don't. Right when you got and man, I was scorching to start this season. But not now. And Ohio State three and a half over Penn State. Alabama eight and a half over Tennessee. This is honestly the first time I've looked at these. Florida State 14 at home versus Duke. Interesting. Very, very interesting. There you go. Sip G, good to see you. Yeah, you're right. Tackling is going to be very key. All right. That'll do it for me for now. Don't forget Tuesdays, Thursdays, 8.15 Central, Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Central, Sundays, film studies, Mondays, right after the Brian Kelly press conference. That is a full live stream schedule. So, we'll see you tonight on AYS 7.30. It is Power Hour LSU Bam. And tonight, we are doing – what are we doing tonight? I honestly don't know, but let's go. Huh? Huh?